0: A lot happening on Outkick the Morning today. Trevor Bauer opening up in a way like he has never before. I had an exclusive conversation with him yesterday, which you will hear only right here on the show. Plus, can you believe it? We are already getting into the final week of the NFL regular season. We'll be breaking that down. Plus, getting into the little bit of the back and forth that went down between Elon Musk and Mark Cuban on social media. That is so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. and good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We've made it. I almost said happy Friday yesterday, uh, but you know how that goes. But we are actually here today, so we've made it officially almost through the first work week of 2024. I got to say, it feels pretty good. Uh, So with that, everyone, welcome on into the show. I'm Charlie Arnold. Uh, Let's get first into the uh, conversation that I had with Trevor Bauer yesterday, because right now we're in the throes of MLB free agency and former former Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer. He's still without a home after being out of the league since early 2021 after being wrongly accused of sexual assault. He spent his last season playing in Japan. And yesterday I had the chance to catch up with the former pitcher in the MLB uh, who says he's been using his time away from American ball to reflect on everything that happened and believes not only has he become a stronger person as a result, but believes any team would be lucky to have him on the roster. Uh, So Trevor, finally getting an opportunity to share your side of the story, uh, whether on social media, Fox News, uh, what's that been feeling like for you?
1: Uh, It's been liberating. Um, It's been pretty excruciating the last two and a half years being known for something, uh, known incorrectly for something and not being able to speak about it. So, um, yeah, it feels good to finally be able to come out and have people hear my side of things.
0: Yeah, I I mean, all along I've been saying, I mean, I've been a strong advocate of yours just because I feel like it's incorrect for people to assume guilt on someone then where it hasn't been proven, especially in the cases like athletes, um, where you have so much to lose and you are in the public eye so much. Do you think that there's a big lesson to be learned uh, for how other cases should be handled in instances like these?
1: Yeah, I think it's always something where you want to let the facts play out and let the the whole story come out before you jump to judgment. Um, You know, it certainly would have been nice to, to have that. Um, in my case, but like, I made a lot of mistakes um, to get myself in this position. I recognize that, um, and that's what—that's really where my focus is right now, is trying to learn from those and, and be better.
0: So in terms of learning from those, what has the reflection been like on your
1: part? Yeah, um, like two and a half years to think, I've, I've had a lot of time to, to reflect. Um, I think kind of three main categories of mistakes, like one, uh, my interactions with women, um, I was just completely undisciplined in my personal life. Uh, I'm very detail oriented when it comes to baseball, but I didn't apply the same level of scrutiny to my personal life. So, you know, people would slide into my DMs, I'd let them into my life. I didn't keep my circle small. Um, you know, agreed to do things that I, you know, shouldn't have done and they were reckless, put a lot of people in, in harm's way. There's a lot of collateral damage from this situation. Made things hard on my teammates, my friends' family, the Dodgers organization, Major League Baseball as a whole, uh, a lot of other people as well. So, um, Made some changes in my life to um, to address that. I'm not having like casual sexual relationships anymore. I'm very uh, keeping my circle very close mm-hmm. and limiting the people that I talk to. Um, kind of second category mistake I think is uh, my interactions with the media as a whole. I and mean, I was bullied a lot as a kid, and I think um, in my 20s I was I looked at you know firing back at people online as standing up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in retrospect, I think I should have just had a <laughs> private human conversation with the person if I felt the need to say anything at all Um, you know whether it be a fan or a a sports writer on air personality you know um, would have made things a lot easier on everyone involved um, had I had I done that and had better relationships with the media and then I guess the third one is my relationship with Major League Baseball Um, and I'm a business owner now I have employees I've learned a lot of lessons through management that uh, I can't imagine what I would (laughs) what my reaction would be if uh, an employee of mine came out publicly and said some of the things about me that I said about Rob Manfred, the CEO of baseball, so um, yeah, I look back on those comments with a lot of uh, embarrassment and regret and um, you know that certainly made the situation a lot harder on me than than it needed to be and I'm trying to repair all those relationships, I'm trying to have those conversations with people, Uh, I've made those adjustments in my personal life, Um, just trying to do the second half of my career better than I did the first half.
0: So obviously still waiting to get signed to a team. We all hope that happens. You definitely deserve it. Do you feel like people have been treating you with more grace than you would expect or less grace? Like what are those conversations looking like now that you have been proven to be completely innocent?
1: Yeah, I think people have been very fair. Um, We've had a lot of good conversations. Um, I'm very appreciative of people for having those conversations. I think that um, it'd be very easy in this situation to just like, yeah, we're not interested and just not take the time. So. Um, For all the people that we have talked to, I'm very appreciative of it, and um, free agency is a long long process. There's a lot of people that are unsigned right now. It takes a long time for teams to decide their plans and stuff like that, so um, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I'm confident that I'll be playing, and when I get back on the field, I know that I can produce, Mm -hmm. so I'm looking forward to it.
0: And what are your workouts looking like right now?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I never really stopped working out, um, so... Uh, outside of being sick the last week and a half and Christmas. Um, it's, oh, no,
0: Christmas. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah.
1: It was still fun. I was with family, so it was fine. But, um, yeah, I work out four times a week in the weight room. I'm throwing four to six times a week. I'm throwing live to hitters, um, you know, perfecting pitches and command and stuff like that. So um, you could dump me into a, into a game in a week mm-hmm. and I'd be I'd be just fine.
0: Ready to go. MLB signed the man, right?
1: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so here, here you go. The spotlight is yours. What do you want to tell the owner of a team that you want to be signed to? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I'm one of the best pitchers in in the world. Um, I have no doubt that I'll come in and perform well on the field and and help the team win. But I think it's more than that. I think that um, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes and I want to do the second half of my career better than I did the first half. I have a lot to offer baseball. I have a lot to offer the team, um, the other players, the community. um, From a fan engagement standpoint, an entertainment standpoint, from a personal growth standpoint, um, being an example of people that can make mistakes and learn and, and be better. Um, from a technical standpoint, I can help the other players on the team. I'm very passionate about doing that. And um, I'm really just looking for an opportunity to, to get a chance to show those things and to, um, you know, do the second half of my career better than I, than I did the first. So I have a lot to offer the game and hopefully get the opportunity to do so.
0: And culturally, I must say, I feel like we've reached a tipping point where people like yourself, or others who have been put in the position need to stop being treated as though they're guilty without the evidence being brought forward uh, before they're treated in that manner. And that's something I feel very strongly about as a woman. So, you know, I'm sorry you had to be put in that position, but do you you feel like maybe using this will be an example of of, of how not to treat someone else in your position moving forward?
1: Well, really for me, it's, you know, I I agree with you. I think that you know, we should wait for the facts to come out, um, and I hope other people don't get put through the same thing that I that I have been. But I, I look at it as how can I be better? Um, it is what it is. The you know the last two years have been what they've been, and how do I get better from here as a person? How do I conduct myself in a, a way that I'm more proud of and can look look at and uh, you know uh, kind of be proud of how I've how I've conducted myself as a human? That's where my focus is and personal improvement and being an example to the next person on um, how they can avoid situations like this or how they can be better um, from the start so they don't make the same mistakes I did. Absolutely. All right.
0: Awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, it was great to have the opportunity to catch up with Trevor Bauer. Uh, yesterday was the beginning of what I believe will be him taking some time to really allow people to understand what he's been going through and into the depths of his reflection. So i uh, definitely thankful to have had that chance to to talk with them, and now I'm thankful to have the chance to also have the opportunity to talk with none other than Alki contributor Amber Harding, as we get some reaction from her as well. Hello, Amber. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. It's weird to see you on a Friday. I'm used to Monday. I I know we're just switching it up. It's 2024. Yeah. We're really trying to throw curveballs here. Uh, Curveball, uh, a great segue into the question that I'm going to ask you. Uh, Obviously, we're talking about Trevor Bauer. Uh, you heard everything that he has to say. Uh, he totally understands. Um, you know, obviously, he was treated mistreated, but he understands where he went wrong as well. Uh, and now is using this opportunity to really try and, you know, make things right. Uh, whether that be with you know the different teams, with himself, uh, everybody that he might have wronged along the way. Uh, do you think that this is going to be enough? You think we're we're going to see him back in the MLB this upcoming season?
2: Sure. Hope so. You know, you really you really feel for the guy because the media, the league, everybody was judge, jury and executioner before he ever had a chance to to really mm-hmm. prove his innocence. But that is one of the things that really stood out to me about the interview he did with you, the same the the interview he did on America's Newsroom as well, is that he really took accountability, not for committing a crime, but for putting himself in that position for maybe not making the best decisions that led up to that. And, you know, I spent a good chunk of my career doing PR for sports teams. And one of the things that we really hammered home to those athletes is that there's a target on their backs. You know, they more than normal people like us, they have to be careful who they let in, who they open themselves up to and how their actions can be perceived at all you know, Lindsay, she said to her friend, he's worth 51 million. Let's get him. And, you know, I never personally saw something as horrendous as what happened to Trevor with any of the athletes I worked with. But I saw plenty of instances of guys getting blackmailed for nude photos, text messages, things like that. And it's 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 not fair, but it it, it comes along with the territory. And it's it's really unfortunate that that happened to him.
0: I had absolutely no idea that you used to do PR for sports teams? Yeah. Wow, interesting. So what type type of advice would you give, um, you know, when you were in that position, knowing that these guys were such easy targets and there were different types of people, maybe not even just women, who were looking to take advantage of them?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just it's a matter of keeping your keeping your guard up, you know, just like anybody has to do. I mean, we all have to we all have to make these smart decisions in our lives, but not all of us have millions of dollars that we can be blackmailed for. Right. So um, one of the biggest things that we talked about um, and I used to have to give presentations on social media and how you should kind of conduct yourself on social media, um, both to portray yourself in the best light, but also to stay out of of trouble. And obviously, Trevor's situation went far beyond social media. But I mean, you look at a really simple, simple example, right? We all remember Brett Favre getting in trouble for sending those pictures and videos 13, 14 years ago, however long ago that is. And I'm not condoning what Brett Favre did, like cheating married men do deserve to get caught. But at the same time, just trusting people and just opening yourself up like that. um, There's always going to be somebody who is willing to exploit that. You know, and in the case of Brett Favre, she sold him to Deadspin. It was really embarrassing for him. It was a PR disaster. And you can eliminate risks for things like that
0: by just being careful who you who you let in. And you know, also just keeping that in mind, being mindful of who you let in, but also your your activities and behavior on social media. Uh he's very aware of probably didn't help him in this situation, you know. He was sure. Very on the defensive, as, you know, as I can imagine most of us would be when you're being accused of something you didn't do. Uh, He even mentioned to me that he had been bullied uh, in the earlier years of his life, and he just was tired of it. And he used this as an opportunity to really lash out at the people that were saying all types of horrible things to him. But again, he also now realizes two wrongs don't make a right. Do you think that his social media behavior uh, is something that he can recover from?
2: I think he can, Um, you know, I mean, and he's had teammates like Mookie Betts came out and said, you know, he's he's always been a really great guy. I can't speak to, you know, what happened in his personal life, but he's always been a really great guy, really stand up person in the clubhouse. So, I mean, I think he can rebound from this, but that is one of those things that you have to be careful of when you're in a high profile position like that is that you have to sometimes you really just have to take the high road. You know, you have to and It's tough. Like it's tough. And we've all we've all experienced it. Charlie, you experience it. I do too, where people have tough guys on the internet have things to say to you, right? And like you just have to step back and remember that these internet warriors are not real life sometimes. Um, and that the best thing you can do is to is to take the high road and not stoop to that level. But I certainly understand why you would want to defend yourself, especially when you're being accused of heinous crimes like sexual assault. That's not something you just want to sit back and take right? So I completely understand why he felt that way, but it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a really tough situation to navigate.
0: Yeah, it is tough. And you know what? It's funny because, you know, you get comments left and right, right? There's lots of great comments, lots of horrible comments. It's always the mean comments that you just feel compelled to respond to. Like someone could, could compliment me all day long and I'm like, okay, great. But someone just says one little nasty thing to me. And I'm like, oh, it is on. Um, I think that probably is how most people can relate on the internet. There's just something. It's very triggering when you have the trolls coming for you. So I can only imagine the position he was in, where he was getting tons and tons of negative comments, and he probably just completely snapped. So um, we'll give him some grace in that regard. Uh, But also, uh, yesterday, there was a little bit of back and forth going on on X. Uh, Between Mark Cuban and Elon Musk, uh, they were debating over the importance or the need for DEI, and Elon Musk came right out and said it. Uh, what I think a lot of people are thinking—that discrimination on the basis of race, which DEI does—is literally the definition of racism. Uh, whereas Mark Cuban was laying out all of his points uh, to make a, you know, a, a real basis as to why DEI is necessary and. Uh, He he laid it out, first talking about diversity, saying good businesses look where others don't, to find the employees that will put your business in the best possible position to succeed. You may not agree, but I take it as a given that there are people of various races, ethnicities, orientation, etc., that are regularly excluded from hiring consideration. By extending our hiring search to include them, we can find people that are more qualified. The loss of DEI-phobic companies is my gain." Uh, And he also went on to talk about equity. Treating people equally does not mean the same thing. I made the mistake for a lot of years thinking it did. Equity is a core principle of business. You should put your employees in a position to succeed, recognize their differences, and play to their strengths wherever possible. It is not a hard concept, but it is not easy to implement. Most workforces don't have the depth of management to do this well. When it's not done well, it can create tension and resentment. Okay, so— They were going back and forth, to which Musk, honestly, Amber, just had the greatest mic drop ever. He said, cool. So when should we expect to see a short white Asian woman on the Mavs? Which, uh, to me, was just the greatest comeback ever. Um, Amber, we're we're used to seeing Mark Cuban defending things like this all the time. And we're actually used to seeing Elon Musk taking the the, the path that he is in this regard. Um, Where do you stand, as far as this debate goes, as, as to whether DEI is a, a necessary, I'll, I'll call it a necessary evil at this point, because I don't think m- much good has come out of DEI as far as I'm concerned.
2: No, no, you're definitely right. And a lot of companies like Disney are finding out that these DEI initiatives aren't necessarily the most profitable thing either. But, you know, DEI, like you said, stands for diversity, equity and inclusion but in mark cuban's very kumbaya definition he's not describing equity he's describing equality he's saying that everyone deserves an opportunity to interview they shouldn't be passed over based on skin color gender or sexual orientation i, I think most level headed people would agree with that but equality or equity is equality of outcome meaning people should be hired because of their skin color gender sexual orientation mm-hmm. and they believe that believes in checking boxes as opposed to Hiring the most qualified. So Elon, I feel like Elon had the perfect response. Really called his bluff. Like, sure, Cuban, he might hire some some DEI hires in his lower level staffer jobs, right? But when it comes to who's going to be on the court in the basketball game, he's not. He's not bringing on you know fat white guys or short Asian chicks or or me. You know, like I'll, I'll volunteer to be
0: that. I'll volunteer Maybe, to he be the DEI Maybe he should. Maybe he should consider you. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, my three pointers trash, but I'm scrappy. I feel like I could do it.
0: I'm, I'm also scrappy. Like on defense, I remember back in the day, I would fall out of every single. I mean, this was middle school days. Uh, I would foul out of every single basketball game just because I was so aggressive on defense. But you know, they need people like us. So, I mean, if DEI is a real thing, Mark Cuban, sign us up. Me and Amber yeah. are ready to go. Put us, us on the squad. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, incredible. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I love Elon Musk on X. Uh, Elon Musk on X is the best Elon Musk. Uh, also, another guy not afraid to speak his mind, obviously, Sean Strickland. I think you and I have talked about Sean Strickland quite a few times on this show already because he's always coming out, which is gems of quotes. And uh, this recent case is no exception. He was recently on Theo Vaughn's podcast where. He was talking about just the world that we live in, Amber, and how it has just gotten so soft, which I think we can all agree upon. Uh, he says we live in this world now where people just say whatever the F they want, and I don't think that helps people get, like, hard, Is is was his exact statement. Uh, but he was really referring to the fact that he could go online and just talk crap to somebody or they could talk crap to him and really... Nothing would be done about it, right? It's just a, a little bit of a, a bickering back and forth, a chatter, where then he compared it to, you know, centuries ago, I or centuries might be a, a, an overstatement. Uh, but he talked about, you know, the time period where men would actually duel. If there was an issue at hand, if there was an argument to be had, something that needed to be settled, they would pick up their swords or their guns. They would pace 15 steps apart and uh, may the best men win. And uh, he actually, you know, implied that maybe we should get back to the days where duels were fought rather than when people were able to hide behind their computer screens and say whatever they wanted with no consequences. So, Amber, uh, obviously, we can't get back to the days of dueling. Uh, That might get a little bit uh, messy. Uh, I also think that people would never engage in stuff like that because, let's face it, most of the men that we uh, unfortunately have in the world today are are scared uh, little babies. But what do you think about, like, you know, just the thought, hypothetically, getting back to the world of dueling, should there be an issue that needs to be settled? Uh, Should someone disrespect someone else's wife, girlfriend, whatever the case is, uh, this is how things are going to be settled?
2: Yeah, I I don't always agree with Sean Strickland, but he is strong in his opinions (laughs) and I respect heck out of that um but this one this one was pretty funny because he's right and just like we talked about these internet trolls the people who come after us they they always there's two things that are always true about them they never use their real name and they never use their real picture because if they were to meet you on the street they would never say those things to your faces and they would definitely never say those things to sean strickland who as we saw a couple weeks ago. Um, will just go right after you if he feels like he, he needs to. Right. Um, so, I mean, I part of my PR duties and um, in my past life, um, I used to run social media accounts for professional sports teams for athletes. And you would be amazed. Well, maybe you wouldn't. But I think a lot of people would be surprised at how many athletes don't actually run their own accounts. And it's because they want to have that social media presence. They want to They want to have that brand and those sponsorship opportunities and things like that, but they don't want to deal with the trolls every day telling Mm -hmm. them that they're trash and their teammates are trash and their team is trash and all that. Like it gets old and it really messes with you. And so a lot of guys don't want to deal with that. So, I mean, I'm not saying we should duel. We shouldn't shoot anybody, but I feel like you ought to be able to kick a hater in the kneecaps from time to time, you know?
0: Amber, you just keep surprising me. You have all of these past lives that I was not even remotely aware of. PR, running social media accounts. (laughs) I mean, what have you not done?
2: Um, Play basketball for the Mavericks.
0: Not yet. Not yet. But with the DEI initiatives, Amber, that's That's next on your your list. I'm going to make sure it happens. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, let's actually actually talk a little bit of football uh, because I just, I actually had to fact check. I was like, wait a second is it really the last week of the regular season? And then I was like, I think. And then I had to ask again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it really is. I mean, time has absolutely flown. Uh, But here we are, week 18. Um, A lot of coaches on the hot seat, or at least several. Uh, Bill Belichick, one that comes to top of mind for me. Um, Anything that, when you just register, heading into the final week, what stands out to you, whether it be about the coaches, whether it be about the players, whether it be about the teams or the upcoming playoffs?
2: Yeah, I think this this year's playoffs are going to be really interesting. Um, I'm I'm obviously as a Dolphins fan, I'm enthralled with the AFC race that's gonna, that's about to go down this weekend. You know, with Lamar Jackson not playing for the Ravens, Dolphins having a chance at the two seed against the Bills, but they're super hurt, so it's all really interesting to me. But as far as coaches go, um, I think you're right. I, I think there's been enough reports out of New England to to make me believe that Bill Belichick is is going to be gone. Uh, I don't think there's any chance they will actually fire him. I think out of respect for him as a coach and as for the service that he's given them for however many years, 20 something years. Um, I don't think they're going to fire him. I think they're going to mutually agree to part ways. Um, and then of course we'll probably see Bill Belichick somewhere else next year. Um, I think Robert Sala might be a surprising one that stays, but, um, the, the owner's really, really backing him and their GM, he kind of gets a pass because he lost his quarterback four plays into week one, which makes it really tough to set the tone for the rest of the year. I think my, I think that Eberflus for the Bears actually stays. They started two and seven, but they, they, I think they, I think he coached his way out of it. I think they played their way out of it because they, they finished the season five and two or something like that. So really impressive. I think the two that are really on the hot seat for me are Mike Vrabel for the Titans and Arthur Smith for the Falcons.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, I'm with you on the mutually uh, parting of ways with Bill Belichick. It'll be really interesting to see where he ends up, uh, just because I think for everybody, Patriots and Bill Belichick are synonymous with each other. Um, but I also am curious to find out if Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan or if he ends up making his way to the NFL. And if he does, you know, where could he land? Because I think a lot of people think the Chargers might be an obvious spot for him, which could be interesting. But uh, something we'll be keeping our eye on there. And then just as far as players go, I mean, I just still can't get over the Russell Wilson thing. Um, All of the money that he was paid to come to Denver. And now, as far as we're hearing, I mean, he's out of the organization uh, at the end of this season. So what happens with him? I don't know. But there's so many things that are swirling around in the NFL universe. And I cannot believe, like I mentioned, that we are already in week 18. Mind-blowing. Uh, but now is the most fun time of year, the playoffs. So, you know, we'll, t- we'll take it. Um, OK, now moving on to to our final topic. And of course, I got to get to because it's, it's your baby. Uh, your woman's planning um, um, column for the week is now up. Uh, so let's get into it. What, what are we talking about this week, Amber.
2: So this week, um, well, last week's is up. This week won't be up till around noon, but this week we're talking about New Year's resolutions. Mm. So last week I asked, I asked everyone um, what New Year's resolutions they were making specifically with their partner. If there was anything they were doing with their wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend um, that they were going to do together this year, Um, I got a whole slew of answers, everything from health related things to travel to um, trying to have more um, sexy time, things like that. So that was really. uh, Yeah. So we got some really good responses there. Um, One of my favorites, um, and I I don't want to tell you too much because I want people to read it. But one of my favorites is if you remember, like four or five years ago, there was a Peloton ad that was super controversial because a guy bought a Peloton for his wife, Oh my
0: gosh. Yes, of course. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people said it was super sexist
2: because he was saying that she needs to work out or whatever. Um, but one guy emailed me and he said that he bought wife a peloton for christmas because it was something that she had mentioned several times that she wanted and it has been the complete opposite she was super excited she's been on it every day and he's been doing it with her too so i love to see it and i think we can all agree that any kind of lifestyle change whether that be a new year's resolution or anything like that is so much easier to stick with if the person in your household is also doing it with you
0: yes one thousand percent you you hold each other accountable that's very important so, Amber, what are your New Year's resolutions, whether they're with your partner or otherwise, independently, with him, whatever, family? Mm-hmm. What are your resolutions? My,
2: well, my January resolution is to just get my life back together after after the three <laughs> weeks of of the holidays. Just all the wine and all the food. And, um, I mean, I was working out, but like, I felt like I was just doing damage control at that point. So, um, definitely getting my life back together, just like everybody else. But one of my biggest things is just trying, trying new things this year. You know, like I, I love to travel, but I tend to travel to the same places. So this year, um, we're just we're doing things differently. In fact, next month, it'll be our one year wedding anniversary. And we are hopping in my father in law's camper, not with my father in law, just me and my husband. And we are (laughs) heading out west. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna play it by ear. Where are you going? Exactly where we're going. Oh, we're going to end in Phoenix because I used to live there. So we're just going to visit some friends. But we're just gonna kind of play it by ear. And that's the beauty of a camper, right? Is you don't really have to Plan hotels and things like that. So we're just going to yeah. see what we see. Go on different hikes, check out different state parks, things like that. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about it.
0: Go where the wind blows you. Well, I will say I just got back a couple of days ago from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and beautiful. And you know it was winter time there clearly. Um, but I hear in the summer. I mean, I had a few conversations with people who are locals, and I actually asked them, I'm like, did you do you prefer it here in the winter or summer? Every single person, surprisingly, uh, because, uh, you know, I was there to ski, said Mm -hmm. summer, which makes total sense, though, because Yellowstone's right there. Um, It's just such a beautiful landscape. So if the wind decides to blow you in in that direction, I would suggest Wyoming.
2: It might. I saw your Instagram story I was watching, and I was so jealous. I was like, oh, my gosh, that looks Gorgeous. Meanwhile, it was, I was in Dixon. It Illinois. was amazing. <laughs> it was significantly less pretty in Dixon, Illinois. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked incredible. It was beautiful.
0: Well, Amber, I'm so happy to finally have had the chance to catch up with you in the new year, uh, and we'll do it again next week. Uh, we'll get the latest and the greatest from the Woman's Planning column and beyond, and uh, you know, get your opinion on, on all the things that are going on in the world next week, which of course will include the wrapping up of the NFL regular season. We'll see what happens with your dolphins, uh, in this final week. So Amber, good to see you. And, uh, we'll see you soon.
2: Yeah. Great to see you. Have a good weekend.
1: i kick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your
0: goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Uh, We are going to end on a positive note. Um, There was a cute video that has been making waves on social media uh, it's about a little boy, and he was finally able to meet some very special friends that he had made on the internet. Sounds a little creepy. I promise you, it's not. Let's watch it and get into it.
1: i over here. Why you got the camera? Huh? Why you got the camera? Because I need to get these dumper. Hey, Sebastian.
0: How cute is that? Okay, so this, for context, for those that didn't weren't able to read the screen, these are two little boys who have been gaming online together for three years, playing Fortnite, which I've heard of, and there's another game called Roblox, uh, and you know they've just been FaceTiming interacting through the game, and now they finally had the chance to meet in person. And it really just warms my heart because, you know, it just goes to show that having real-life connections will always be the best thing. I mean, you can talk all day on the phone. You can talk, I guess, through gaming. I don't I do not do that type of thing, but uh, it makes me really happy to see that even these really young kids are still realizing the importance of meeting in person. And it makes me actually very happy that their parents went to the lengths to make this happen. Because I think a lot of times parents would say, oh, it's just your game. Talk to your friends online, whatever. Um, I like the fact that the parents made this happen. And I just have a feeling, just by seeing the reaction on this little boy's face and how excited he was, uh, that this is probably going to be a lifelong friend for him. So, you know, maybe not the way that most friendships start out, uh, at least when I was growing up, you know, it wasn't like I was meeting people on the internet and then we became friends from there. Generally speaking, you'd become best friends in real life. And then you, would I mean, I guess that's how my life is now, right? Most of my friends, I don't even actually talk to anymore. And I mainly just correspond with them through Instagram and you know, sometimes Facebook and all those other things. But um, I love this, and um, what a great note to end on. And I hope that it put everyone in a nice, good mood uh, to get into the weekend. Uh, this is it for the week. We've got a whole new slate of shows next week. Again, like I mentioned with Amber, we're going to be getting into the final week of the NFL season, plus so much more. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. And don't forget, spread the word. You can catch all of the latest episodes, outkick.com, backslash Backslash watch and uh, you can catch up with me on social media at Charlie on TV but on that note everybody I hope you have a fantastic Friday a fantastic weekend and I will see all of you on Monday.